Hey everybody, welcome back to the Go Guardians podcast. I'm your host, Dan Tavares, and it is another week and another loss for the New York Guardians, once dubbed the best team in the XFL. They now are falling fast. Wow, people, what a game that was. There is so much to talk about. Let's start right at the beginning of this trouncing. So I turn on the TV, getting ready to watch my weekly Guardians, the best team in the XFL at one point. I turn on the TV. There's a basketball game going on. I'm thinking, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end in time, right? And it does, it pretty much it ends a little bit around the uh, 2 p.m. start time, whatever time the game is starting. I turn on the TV. And it's six to nothing. Battlehawks. Already. Already six to nothing. So let me tell you, I have no idea how they scored. There's something like they ran four run plays and then they already scored. Okay. So that was not a good start. Quite inauspicious, as they might say. Yeah. Not a very good start. But you know what? It's the XFL. You can come back from six points down. What will the Guardians do? Well, the Guardians do about what you expect they might do after watching the last couple weeks. They do pretty much nothing. Early in the game, McGloin is already in the tent. He's getting sacked. The offensive line is terrible. And non-stop, and I mean non-stop penalties. And these aren't your normal everyday penalties. These are big penalties. These are personal fouls. These are 15 yarders. So many drives were extended by these penalties. I feel like I was watching the Jets. So it was not a good time on either side of the ball. Defense looked terrible. Offense looked terrible. Special teams looked terrible. We'll get to that. Kevin Gilbride looks like he has no idea what he's doing. He looks like he has no control of this football team. And you think a guy with so much experience in the NFL would be able to do a decent job here. But it almost looks like, he, I don't know, he's not in it. He's not, maybe he thought this would be like an easy step up to get back into the NFL. He thought, well, this won't be so hard. And not really trying. I don't know, but the team has, the team is in absolute chaos. And it's kind of fun to watch. You know, being that it's the XFL and they have all these live microphones and you can hear everything going on. Man, this dr- this is entertaining television, even if it's terrible football. But I digress. So before you know it, McGloin is already out of the game, right? You know, we got Williams in there, Marquise Williams, who looks basically like a Wildcat quarterback. He's not throwing anything past 10 yards. It's like... Here's a screen pass, and here's a screen pass, and here's another screen pass. That's about his offense, and I think that's okay. He's the backup guy. He was kind of brought in to be that change-up guy, I think. But obviously, he's now has to step into these situations where McGloin is hurt. And I don't know how hurt McGloin actually is, right? He got sacked. He's holding his side. He's like, oh, my ribs hurt. Uh, Look, I can't go. You got to put me into the tent. I'm hurt. Ah, it's hurting. Yeah. Who knows how hurt he actually was. I think he knew he was about to get benched. So he's like, well, I'll make it look good and I'll act like I'm hurt. I don't like to say people are faking injuries, but if I was McGloin, I would fake my injury. 
the penalties in this game kept coming up, though. And I don't really understand the offsetting penalties rule in the XFL now. It seems like you could do the worst possible penalty, and then some other guy can have, like, a small hold, and they basically cancel each other out. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But anyway. Then we have something really delightful. The very first kickoff return in the XFL. Of course, against the New York Guardians. They had this kind of wild misdirection where one guy ran up the left side of the field and then he pitched it back and he ran to the right side and ran all the way in. It was pretty pretty bad special teams. Honestly, it was a pretty neat play. I don't know if I would have noticed it originally, but it seemed like they had a lot of time to get to that runner. Well, anyway, they score their first special teams kickoff return touchdown, the new kickoff return. Again, something the NFL probably should adopt. It's pretty good. We're already seeing the results of it. It was a pretty exciting watch. Too bad it was against our beloved Guardians. And speaking of penalties, there was a late hit penalty that happened after this where Gilbride was like, who did that? Who made that one? Who made that penalty? We have so many penalties. I'm losing track. I don't know what player did that. Who are the players on my team? Actually, think he had no idea who the players are on his team. It was number 47, by the way. Anyway, we get back. Speaking of special teams again, we have a blocked punt, of course, fumble return. Nothing is going right for the Guardians. So later on, Guardians get the ball back. They're making, they're moving the ball on the field a little bit. They're finally having a little bit of momentum. At this point, the game is already out of hand. But hey, let's score some points before the end of the half, right? So then at one point... Jake Powell, I think he, he gets a first down conversion or something happens. Who knows? And after the play, the Battlehawks player is like dragging him by the feet. This is a regular WWE move right here. Vince would be proud. He's dragging him by the feet. And, and all this ruckus is happening. People are going crazy. And then the officials don't put any flags on the field. No flags at all. You can drag players apparently in the XFL. I mean, look. As we know, Vince is all in it. Maybe it's okay, but that was crazy to me. When I saw that happen, I was like, what is going on? Then I think the very next play, there was some other penalty. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I'll tell you, the very next play was an interception. A terrible, horrible, horrendous throw into double coverage. I think the high safety takes it off. And then there's fighting. There's players on top of each other. The Guardian's like, we suck. We're just going to get in fights. Battlehawks like, all right, we're killing you. Let's get in a fight. Fighting everywhere, flags everywhere. Second game in a row where there's just frustration and fights, and Gilbride looks worse and worse and worse. And, you know, the Battlehawks just keep coming at him. Tiamu's staying up, not getting knocked down, running with, making plays with his feet, making plays with his arms. And then halftime comes, and this is, you know, the real interesting part of the XFL now is watching what happens at halftime. And I love, I love the fact they went into the Battlehawks locker room. And they're like, hey, Chuck Long, could you uh, write up a play for us? And then Chuck Long goes over there, and he writes up a, like the most simple slant pattern. It's like, oh, this is a play we might use. Like, he's going to actually show, like, one of their mainstay plays that they're, you know, something that they've been concocting for the second half. He just gives up, like, the simplest slant route. It's like, yeah, we might do plays like this. Very informative. Very affordable VSPN. Thank you very much for that. So the second half starts, and um, it's not good. It's not real good. Silberman's really mad. The center, 
they're they're pulling centers. They're pulling centers in the game. They're pulling quarterbacks. Basically, the entire second half was just... It was not good football to watch. Eventually, Perez comes in the game. He shows you a little something. So Perez actually is the only person who actually gets a touchdown in this game. The only quarterback was able to throw a touchdown pass. And he looked good. He looked good in his game. It's it's so hard to tell at that point. You know, are the Battlehawks even trying, really? Like The game is so over. I know technically it's a two-score game because the XFL. But I don't think the Battlehawks were really trying. They're like, hey, Perez, have some fun. Make some plays. Do a little good. It'll be great. And you have Battlehawks players trading footballs for Girl Scout cookies from a Girl Scout in the crowd. Now let me tell you, Thin Mints for a Battlehawks football, make that trade any day of the week. Thin Mints are garbage tier Girl Scout cookies. Garbage tier Girl Scout cookies. Now here we go. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do it. We're going to do the Girl Scout cookie tier list. Number one, in our hearts, S-tier Girl Scout cookie, Samoas. Samoas are the best. There's nothing better than a Samoa Girl Scout cookie. Why? Why, you ask? It's a coconut cookie. Who likes coconut? Let me tell you. There's nothing quite like a Samoa. It's so unique. You can't go to a store and buy something like that. No cookie is like a Samoa. That caramel taste, when you eat it, it pull you pull away that caramel and chocolate. So good. So tasty. Very unique. S-tier. Girl Scout cookie. A-tier. We got the Tagalongs. You can't beat chocolate and peanut butter combination. They've been trying. For years, they're trying to beat this combination, but they just can't. Chocolate and peanut butter is king. Tagalongs are A tier. Great cookie. Yeah, when you're eating it, you can tell it's fake. It's made of probably not natural things, but it's so, so good. In the B tier, we have Dosi Dos. More peanut butter. Not as good peanut butter. That's why it's in the B tier. In the B tier. We also have trefoils. Your standard shortbread cookie, but you cannot go wrong with shortbread. Shortbread is here to stay. Shortbread is the B tier. Move along to C tier. We have some of our newer cookies here. The S'mores. The Lemon Ups. They're okay. They're decent. A S'more is nothing, not anywhere near as good as a real S'more. That's why it falls into the C tier. But it's a solid cookie. It has a little bit of an aftertaste that's not great. But it's in there. Lemon Ups have a nice lemon flavor. Actually, a pretty decent cookie, but I think that lemon flavor is a little strong. Maybe you don't always want that. Then the D tier, we have Thin Mints. Not a good cookie. It's made of made of mint. All right? I will not understand for the life of me why people have mint as a chocolate or a candy or a cookie. You brush your teeth with mint. You have mint after you have dinner. A mint is a necessary evil. A mint is not something to be enjoyed. Mints are garbage tier cookie flavors. It's just true. It's just true. Who wants who wants mint 
to be like the thing that satisfies them. That's not something anyone's craving. Oh, God. Can't wait to get to home and have some mint. No. When your breath smells, you take a mint. After you just had a giant dinner, ate a bunch of garlic, maybe then you have mint. But I'm not having that as like my my dessert. Mint is reserved for things like toothpaste and after-dinner mints. That's about it. The occasional mint, okay. But I'm not eating an entire cookie based on mint. Yeah, it's got chocolate in there too. But I'm sticking with it. Samoa's S-tier, fantastic, great. Thin mints, D-tier. I trade all of my thin mints for cook for footballs. That's a fabulous trade. You make that any day of the week. That girl is really, really smart. She knows what she's doing. She's unloading those thin mints. She probably has a whole truck of them ready to trade for footballs. I would. I guarantee her dad told her to make that sign. He's like, get these thin mints out of my house. I don't want them. I'd rather have footballs. That's what I think happened. D tier. Thin mint. Could go lower. Could even go lower. I'm being generous. S tier. Samoas, as always. Let's move on, shall we? I will say some for some Guardian bright spots. I thought Austin Duke actually showed up in this game. He looked elusive. He looked like he uh, had a little bit of a burst. I, I'll watch out for Austin Duke more in this game. We'll see if Perez gets more start, more ability to start. We're going to see what happens next week. I feel like it's still McGloin's job to lose if he hasn't. I don't know how he hasn't already lost the job. I think it's going to be hard for Luis Perez to really get up the ranking there. I don't know. It's going to be hard for him to beat the number one quarterback. I think McGloin really has a really tight grip on that for some reason. But uh, Austin Duke looks pretty good. Later in the game, there was a really interesting sideline moment where Gilbride's talking to Mikhail McKay, the wide receiver. It's it's a really telling conversation. And he says something like, there's guys in the team that aren't leaders. Guys I expected to be leaders that aren't leaders. I think you're going to have to be a leader. Which is, wow. Gilbride's, you hear Gilbride said, hey, some of our guys, they're not leaders. I think he's talking about McGloin. I think he's talking about the center. A couple guys he had a pull from the game that he feels aren't leaders, which he's probably right. That is about the one leadership moment that we saw from Gilbride that made sense. And at the end of the game, they're constantly bringing the focus, the camera on focus on Gilbride. And he looks like he's going to cry. He has this steely gaze like, what is going on? What is happening? If this was the NFL, if the things that we saw on the field were going on in the NFL, this would be huge news in New York. This team is completely dysfunctional, and Gilbride has nothing on it. He has no control of the situation. He's telling his wide receivers that they have to be leaders because this quarterback's not a leader. That's some crazy, crazy stuff. There's really not much else to talk about. The defense looks terrible. The offense looks putrid. At least the defense has like a couple moments of clarity. The offense is so putrid, it's a little hard for the defense. 
It seems like they don't have anything going. The coaching is absolutely abysmal. It's shocking that Gilbride was an NFL head coach. But hey, they're one and two. We just saw the DC defenders get annihilated. Everyone thought they were the best team in the league. So there's still a shot. Maybe the Guardians are the best team in the XFL and it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe it'll happen soon. Maybe they'll make the playoffs. Make a run. We can all hope. I don't want to be watching the Guardians every week. If they're going to let me down, they're not. They're going to come back. They're going to win. Maybe. One day. Look, there's not much else to talk about. But you can email us at goguardianspodcast at gmail.com. People, we are awaiting your emails. My inbox had a big, fat zero. I don't know why I said that like I was from Boston. My inbox had a big, fat zero. I'm looking for some emails. Email me about anything. Girl Scout cookie tier list. What is your thoughts? Have I lost all my listenership? Look, I know people like Thin Mints. There's something wrong with liking a cookie based on mint. Overall, the construction of the Thin Mint is fine. It's not a badly constructed cookie. It's just ill-conceived. Email me about that. You can email me about the Guardians. Who do you think should start next week? I guarantee you think it's Perez. But honestly, I don't even think a quarterback change is fixing this entire team. There needs to I, Maybe McGloin was right. Maybe everything around the team is just completely terrible. The coaches maybe have no idea what they're doing. Another week in the XFL. Radio. Well, that's about it. That's everything. Hope you enjoyed this lesson. Go Guardians. We'll win it next week. Uh, signing off. See you later.